Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Between the Armrests, your new favorite podcast. Before we dive into it, uh, Chris said he's got something to say. So, Chris, floor is yours. Hey, guys. So, here's the deal. Today is September, okay? You got that? What does that mean? <laughs> September means fall, okay? Just earlier this week, I was at the beach. But today, I've got my pumpkin candle going. The other day, I had a pumpkin spice latte. This afternoon, I made an apple pie with fresh apples that I picked off a tree that were in my yard. And you know what that means. I need to ask you a question. What month does every tree dread? What month does September? Because it goes timber. All right, <laughs> moving on from that one. What what did one autumn leaf say to another? What? I'm falling for you. <laughs> oh, these are too good. You got that's all I got. Thanks. Oh, that's it. Nope. Okay, thanks, Jacob. <laughs> we appreciate that. That was beautiful. Uh, truly. So, like Chris said, it is fall. And you know what fall means? Football. And we are here to talk about it. We just got off of, like, a, what, five days in a row of college football? What, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? Yeah, five days in a row of college football. We're going to break it down for you, at least the high points of it. So... I said, let's just dive into it. We're going to go chronologically. Thursday. You know what? We'll start with Thursday, and we'll start with Dylan. Talk about NC State, uh, South Florida. That game was a snooze fest for everybody but you. Absolutely. So, Sam actually watched that game with me. We got some good Papa John's cheesy bread to take in the action. Any other? Shout out Papa John's, first and foremost. Any other food for Papa's? I got thin crust pepperoni as well. Okay. Yeah, thin crust pepperoni. But um, NC State, UCF game, honestly, as an NC State fan, I was just proud that they did what they were supposed to do. Like, they're supposed to beat South Florida 45 to nothing. The thing about NC State fans is throughout history, our team has not done what they're supposed to do. So, to everybody else in the world, NC State beating Southern Florida 45 to nothing is like, oh yeah, well great, they were playing Southern Florida. That's what they're supposed to do. To NC State fans, it's like, thank God they did what they're supposed to do. We won't damn them. Those are my thoughts on that. Um, from a more, you know, logistical, statistical standpoint, you know, the running game looked good with the one-two punch of Bam Knight, Ricky Pearson, catching balls out of the backfield. Devin Leary looked good, and the NC State linebacking core is supposed to be one of the top three in the ACC this year, and they certainly looked like it. So, I'm really excited about the game this weekend. I feel like this is a much better measuring stick of where we're actually at as a program this weekend going down to Starkville. Um, but, I'm ex- I told you guys last week, I'm excited about this Wolfpack team. So, uh, I actually do have one comment about that game. I didn't watch a lot of it. I had some vetting interest in a few other games that night. The uniforms. I liked the color. I thought they looked nice and clean. I What was up with the logo on the helmet? Like, was that wolf wearing a hat that was the same color as the rest of the helmet? Because the logo just looked incomplete. Yeah, that so that is a throwback NC State logo from back in the day. Um, affectionately known as the Slobbering Tuffy logo. Tuffy's the name of the wolf. So, um, he is wearing a little red hat that says NCSU, North Carolina State University, and it did blend into the helmet. Honestly, I have this running beef with Adidas about the way they do their alternate uniforms, specifically NC State alternate uniforms. They always try to do too much, and that's where they end up going wrong. But I do like the logo that they use on the helmet in general. I'm hoping they're going to use it later in the year on their white helmets with the red stripe down the middle. I think that'll look a lot better than the special uh, red helmet with the brick background on it um, that they used this past week against South Florida. 
Yeah, it was just weird. Like, it was a cool logo. I liked the logo, but I didn't understand why they made the helmet the same color as the hat on the wolf. Because it, it, it looked weird. It looked really, really weird. Like, I, I couldn't pay attention to what little of the game I did because I was just trying to focus in on the helmets. It was, it was odd. It was a weird one. But, yeah, overall, that game was just kind of boring. But, you know, we've got somebody in here with an interest in it. So, that's what you get, folks. So, the big game of the night was obviously Ohio State-Minnesota on Thursday night. A lot closer than I would have thought. I don't know about you guys, but it, I didn't expect Minnesota to put up that much of a fight. And really, if uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, I'm not, I'm sure I butchered that, but if that guy doesn't get hurt, Minnesota might even win the game. Yeah. Can we also talk about that terrible no targeting call? I don't even remember it. Targeting is a terrible, terrible, terrible rule that's terribly enforced and they, it's, it's different from official to official. So most targeting calls yeah. are horrendous. Yeah. 100%. This one just so happened to be like blatant targeting, like led with the crown of the helmet to the helmet, left its feet, like as oh, much wait. as blatant targeting as you're ever going to see and they didn't call it which there was a fumble on the play that was also a questionable call whether it was a fumble or an incompletion but yes um, yes basically it didn't, didn't get called targeting and that was basically the nail in the Minnesota coffin yeah I remember that now I actually do remember that yeah yeah, no, I honestly think if uh, the running back doesn't, uh, like, pop his calf or whatever he did, I don't know if y'all saw the slow motion replay of it, but his calf literally, like, hyperextends and, like, pops. It was really gross, but he was destroying Ohio State all night. Now, long-term outlook on Ohio State, like, I feel like they have the potential to be one of those Ohio State teams that loses some game they have no business losing just because their defense did not really look good. Their offense is insane. Their offense is up there with, like, Bama's just because their wide receivers are nuts and they've got good running backs and they're in the same boat as Bama. They've got a quarterback who's never started. So, I mean, their offense is nuts, but that defense is definitely suspect. I feel like that's true for a lot of teams in college football. Uh, defenses being a little sus out there, especially South Florida. Just want to jump back to that right quick. You know, I will tell you, I, I tend to agree with a lot of, like, what I've been seeing from, like, uh, Kirk Herbstreit and some of those other guys that this year is going to be the year, the year of... Uh, kind of a defensive renaissance and defense is going to come back. I think you saw it. I think you saw it some in week one. I think you saw some teams actually put up, I mean, Penn State, Wisconsin, that was just a defensive slugger, uh, slugfest. I mean, we'll get to that. Same thing with UGA Clemson. Bama's defense was crazy. Like, I think there's going to be more, I don't think you're going to see the typical what you were seeing last year where the SEC championship was like 50 four to 48 I don't think you're gonna get that this year I think you're gonna see some defenses put some fights up I just don't think Ohio State has a very good defense and yeah, yeah so and the only other game I've got noted down from that night is uh screw Boise State UCF uh specifically Boise State's quarterback I had a three uh game parlay uh, I needed the over to hit to win my parlay, and Boise State's quarterback decided to throw a absolute nonsense uh, interception when he could have just run for a first down instead. So screw him. But you know, I digress. On to Friday, and here's where Zach takes the floor. Zach, it's all you, my man. This is your shining moment. Virginia Tech surprised me. <laughs> it's all you got. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, as I said in the first episode, I'm a casual. I didn't watch the game until <gasps> the fourth quarter. <laughs> Zach, what is wrong with you? But, um, yeah, they surprised me. Um, uh, Braxton Brewmeister played better than I expected. 
Um, I mean, I watched the recap on YouTube, but I know it's not the same. But I also don't have a streaming service right now, so. Um, yeah, no, they surprised me. Well, hey, I mean, overall, it was a great game. I still think Sam Howell's probably like a top two or three quarterback in the nation, if not number one, just from what he's just from what he's proven he can do as a two-year starter. I just think this completely shows that everyone on North Carolina's offense is gone except Sam Howell, and so he's throwing to a bunch of nobodies and being protected by a bunch of nobodies, and he's getting demolished. And all that hype of everybody being like, North Carolina is going to be the second best team in the ACC, no, that's gone, because that I don't see any type of quick fix for that offense. I see the, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I would bet that North Carolina is going to lose like two or three more games before they figure anything out on offense because that is how bad they look. Yeah, they honestly look like they were lost several, several times getting on the field. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you, Mason. Uh, if North Carolina doesn't turn things around immediately, it's not going to matter uh, for the rest of the season. They're going to lose at least two to three of the next uh, five games. Yeah, I just I just don't see it. And I mean, I mean, talk about a bad weekend. The ACC had a bad weekend like because you come out of the weekend thinking who's the second best team in the ACC because there's not a clear one it's not it's not at UNC you have an answer are you gonna say NC State it's in Raleigh all righty I mean hey listen if you made me guess right now I'd probably say NC State I honestly probably would just because I don't really see you I think that's how bad UNC's offense was. I just don't see them turning it around at all. Miami, it's just kind of like, yeah, you played Bama on week one. Like you're gonna get demolished, but De'Eric King is obviously not healthy. Just like Miami's in that same train as Tennessee and Texas always are. Like they think they're back, but they're really not. So I never really believed in Miami to begin with. So it's kind of just one of those deals. It's just like who is actually gonna come out? And honestly, Dylan. I agree with you. I think it's probably going to be NC State. And I think it's going to be like, I think the best NC State could hope for is probably like a two-loss team. But, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the second-best team in the ACC was NC State with like four losses either. The only other notable thing. Uh, we'll get more to the ACC well, before, later. Before we move on from this game, I want to bring up uh, the ending. Uh, how do we feel? We had it happen twice this weekend. Uh, rushing the field for this type of game. I know that Kansas did it. It was a big momentous occasion for those guys up there. They won a game uh, against an opponent, a living, breathing opponent. But Virginia Tech also rushed the field. How do we feel about that? Virginia Tech beat Virginia Tech was unranked and beat a top ten team at home. I don't care if that top ten team is not truly a top ten team. When they played them, there was a ten next to that name, and they beat them. Rush the field. I love rushing the field. Also, uh, I think yeah, I'm very good. I think they said that this was Fuente's first top ten, or wait, is it their first top ten win or first ranked win? He was like zero and nine before this, so like <laughs> lots to celebrate. Yeah, for me, I'm very pro rushing the field. Like, I think it's just something exciting as a college student that you get to do. There's also a bit of bitterness that at NC State they don't let people rush the field. So when I was in school there and we beat a Lamar Jackson led Louisville, we weren't allowed to rush the field. But at the same time, there's also an element with the Virginia Tech field rush of like, yes, they did beat a top ten team, but at the same time, you're Virginia Tech. Like, you've beaten North Carolina 23 out of like the last 24 times you guys have played in Blacksburg so I was a little bit surprised that they rushed the field other than the fact that it was a sold-out stadium and it's the first game with like people being back in the stadium and kids are just ready to be back together doing crazy stuff like rushing field 
And I think that's the biggest factor is it's like this was the first weekend of like since these are like the first real games like since COVID. Like, I mean, the Inner Sandman, like if you just looked around off culture football, Inner Sandman was electric. Jump around in Madison was electric. Like just things were a little amped up more this weekend just because of that notion. So, I mean, I'm all for rushing the field. I mean, hey, if you beat a top 10 team and you're unranked and you're at home, I say go for it. It's more fun. The people that are going to scoff and say, oh, you shouldn't rush the field for this type of opponent. Those people have a stick up their butt and they need to learn to live life a little bit. I mean, just have a little bit of fun. It's college football. Like, we're here to have fun, guys. Yeah, so on to Saturday. I got a pretty good list of games here. I only think we we can just run through them. We can kind of hit them as we go through. First game, Oklahoma versus Tulane. I mean, for me, I haven't bought really bought into the Spencer Rattler hype yet. Like, the games that Oklahoma like Oklahoma lost last year because of Spencer Rattler's bad play, they probably should have lost this game for the same reason. Like, I think he's very athletic. I just don't really see him as this elite, uber-athletic uh, quarterback. And Tulane probably should have won this game and given Oklahoma their stereotypical heartbreaking loss to a team they have no business losing to. So... I completely agree. I'm not sure that much has changed in the eyes of the college football fans in view of Oklahoma. Uh, their defense looked, oh, honestly suspect several times. Congratulations to Tulane for playing a great game. Well, you know what's even better is that, like, this was the year that people were saying that, like, Oklahoma, and hey, I agreed with them because just they did such good work through the transfer part and everything. I really thought their defense was going to step up and not suck this year, but wow, were we all wrong. And you never know. I mean, it's a long season. They could put it together, but... Honestly, probably should have lost that game. What what really saved Tulane was their their jerseys. Uh, to me, those are some of the the best jerseys of the week. I fire enjoyed those jerseys. Fire jerseys. The colors, the logo. I was listening to a podcast and they said that that logo is an old throwback logo of theirs that the AD found in a locked closet with a bunch of old Tulane stuff. And he found it and was like, this is our new logo. That's awesome. Like those jerseys were beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Go green wave. Yeah, for real the fighting green wave. It, it, hey, and you know what? They had a lot of crap to deal with too. You know, they dealt with all that Ida stuff and they came in, they should have won that game. So, Hey, good for them. You know, let's talk about Penn state versus Wisconsin. Now this what game, a game. Yeah. This game was fantastic. Not offensively. It was terrible offensively. Um, well, like you said, defense is a, is a newfound trait among college football. And I think this is a, uh, one of the best examples. I had the glorious opportunity to watch the entire Penn state, Wisconsin game. And man, that Penn State defense gave uh, Wisconsin's quarterback a time all game long. They did, but I also don't think Graham Mertz is very good. Um, And really, I think it's more of if Wisconsin's going to want to ever get to, like, big-time football, um, they need to learn how to do anything with a quarterback. I don't think Russell Wilson counts on this because Russell Wilson had played, like, three years of college and then transferred in. I mean, just look at how Jack Cohn played for Notre Dame against FSU. Like, ah, Wisconsin just isn't very good, I think, at developing the quarterback position because Graham Mertz was a five-star quarterback, and he had, like, one good game last year, got COVID, and has not been good whatsoever since, so. Oh, yeah, you're you're definitely right. When you have the ball inside the 10-yard line. Like, what, four times? 
first down. It was it was three times that I counted. Three times and didn't get any points. That's that's sad. Yeah, and don't I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. Penn State's defense was suffocating. Penn State's defense was really really good. I also think Graham Mertz was not good. I mean, what they I mean, they had a Clemson transfer playing running back. Uh and yeah. he had, I mean, he played pretty good. That guy I mean, he was pretty solid. Like that's one thing about Wisconsin. They might not have the quarterback play, but you always know they're going to be able to run the ball. But yeah. that Penn State defense. Whew. And they refuse to run the ball in situations like on the goal line, on the three-yard line when you throw two passes at the end of the game. I don't know. It's just suspect play. Yeah, but it's one of those things like that's just kind of Wisconsin who they are. That's their identity. And I think Wisconsin can be a very top-tier football program nationwide because they've got the defensive history to do it. They've got the offensive line and the running game history to do it. But if they don't learn how to develop quarterbacks even slightly, it's just not going to happen for them. Yeah. So moving on, this game was interesting. Oregon-Fresno State. I bet on Fresno State to cover the spread, which was 20 points, and they did. Shout out Fresno State. But yeah, I just think Fresno State's actually a good team. I, I think they could have a uh, argument at the end of the year for you know that that group of five spot if they keep playing like this. I, I think they're a really good group of five team. All right, Alabama Miami. I there's not much to say about this. You know, like I mentioned earlier about Miami, they kind of are like Tennessee and Texas. They always think they're back. They're not back. Derek King probably rushed his ACL return. Didn't really look all that great. And Alabama, we don't really need to dig too much into them. It's what every single sports anybody yeah. had to say. I think this game. I think this game was just exactly what I expected it to be. I don't know why anyone ever thinks that in these first game of the year matchups where they pit like a mid top twenty five team up against Alabama and people get hype about it. I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? So I didn't watch the game, but just seeing the score, like that's exactly what I felt like was going to happen in this game. If anything, good for Miami for scoring fourteen points. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, it was 13 points. And uh, I think if you didn't watch the game, to sum it up, uh, basically is a clip. And that clip was when uh, they brought out the turnover chain and then they had to put it back because the call was overturned. Um, and you could see these guys just putting it back in the case and you could see the despair on their faces. It was It was incredible. One one more note about that. Um, they broke out the turnover chain down twenty seven to nothing. That at Miami. That's that's a low right there. You don't break out the turnover prop when you're that's, down twenty seven. That's dedication points. to the chain, bro. <laughs> Just pack it up, put it back on the bus. <laughs> and I mean, you know what I was gonna say. It's like what every single sports anybody was saying all weekend. Alabama doesn't rebuild; they just reload. So you know. They're terrifying, and their defense is actually good compared to last year, I think. Because if you, like, look at the stats of, like, like they have, like, nobody new playing on that defense at all. Like, it's all returning people, basically. So, I think their defense is going to be good, going back to that defensive renaissance. I think their defense is going to be very good, and I think their offense is going to be very scary, and I think they're just going to be Alabama, quite frankly. On to the next game, this kind of quick hit, Indiana-Iowa. I don't really think, at least from what I've heard, nobody really expected Indiana to, you know, do what they did last year again. I know I didn't. They kind of proved us all right. I didn't really think Iowa could do that. I was kind of like Wisconsin. They run the ball. They play defense. But, wow. They killed them. I believe in Iowa. They have a they have a lot of athletes. Uh, last several years, back in the stadium, waving at the 
the poor kids in the hospital there, I really think juiced them up for this game. And I'm really excited to see them play Iowa State next week. Oh, yeah, that's the premier game of the weekend, I would say. I'd say more than Oregon-Ohio State. I think that is a really, really good game. I think it's a – we'll get into it later. We'll get into it later. Uh, Texas-Louisiana, all I have to say is good for Texas. Louisiana's a good team. They got a good coach that probably should be a Power 5 coach by now. And – Texas handled them. So, I mean, hey, you know, Texas fans, I always want to scream and shout about them being back. I mean, that was kind of a typical game that I feel like Texas would trip up and lose, and at least Sark didn't lose it. So... I feel like this game uh, really was a testament to Division One recruiting at Texas, the just ability, because Texas struggled a lot in the first half. They didn't look very sharp, but as the game went on, I think the, the, the talent that re- uh, Texas recruiting uh, provides them with, with just a little bit more guys, a little bit more depth on the chart, uh, and they were able to get it done. Now, I think their running back's going to be good. Like, I think that guy's going to be, like, top five running back, top ten running back. Like, he's – B. John Robinson, I think is his name. Yeah, he's going to be good. And I do have to eat some crow here because I said that Texas was going to lose this game. So, I apologize, uh, Mr. President Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> for my negative words towards Texas. They handled this game, you know, like Texas is supposed to against Louisiana. No not, no slight to Louisiana. They're a great team. I watched them play uh, App State last year for their conference championship, and I was really impressed by them. But Texas should beat them by 20 points. So, I congrats, Longhorns. I did bet on Louisiana to cover the spread. It was like an eight-point spread. I didn't think they would win, but I thought it would lay at least keep it closer. Uh, if we want to talk about dumb decisions and things people need to eat, I bet Miami to cover a 19-point spread. I was like, you know what, I think Miami's going to lose by like 17. Like, definitely, like, you know, they're going to be pretty decent. Bama, you know, they're not going to be just rock solid game one of the season. Really thought Miami would cover 19 points. And about four minutes into the game, I realized how stupid of a decision that was. So I will eat that just... Yeah, I'll eat it. What I will not eat, and I don't remember who all on this podcast agreed with me, but I will not eat saying that UCLA was going to win because, boy, did they win. Go Bruins. Let's freaking go. LSU is the most overrated team in college football this season, and hopefully they won't be that much uh, more overrated for long. I've been hearing it a lot, and I agree with it. Cocho's not a good coach. Cocho caught lightning in a bottle. It was all of his coordinators. He, it, it was lightning in a bottle. I don't think Cocho's a good coach. I think Cocho's a good motivator, and but as a X's and O's football coach, I do not think he's a good coach, and he will get fired this year. Ooh, wow, that's a big take. Cocho's greatest attribute are, yeah. one, his voice, and two, his recognition that UCLA Blue is, in fact, sissy blue. And if UCLA Blue is sissy blue, then and what does that make North Carolina blue? You see, I like UCLA's blue. I think Thank it's, you, Coach. It's a nice shade of blue. UNC's blue is a fantastic blue. Like those are those are great shades of blue. Now, Coach O saying that get caught on camera and then losing like that? Ooh, God, that's embarrassing. That's not good. Not yeah, good at all. I I actually saw, I believe it was one of the UCLA fan accounts that changed their uh, Twitter cover photo to a new logo that says sissy blue. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Man, that's just, yeah, that was not a good look. I just, the comparison people have been making to Coach O is um, Gene Chizik, the guy who won, the coach who won the uh, national championship with Cam Newton at Auburn. He got fired two years later. I think Coach O is going to get fired because LSU is not a program that puts up with crap. And I really do think they, they did not win that national championship because of him. He had really good coordinators 
he had an, a roster of basically entirely seniors and happened to get one of the best quarterbacks of the last decade through the transfer portal. It all came together. Listen, if I was a fan, I would kill to have the season that 2019 LSU had and then suck for a couple years after. I would 100% take that. And then I'd fire the coach if he performed like Coach O. But, yeah. I mean, hey. And real quick on the Gene Chizik note, on the Gene Chizik note, Gene Chizik was a much better defensive coordinator than he was a head coach. Whether that be at Texas for the Mac Brown or later as the defensive coordinator at North Carolina for those, like, random two years. Honestly, what he did at North Carolina was his most impressive coaching job because single-handedly, his work as a defensive coordinator turned that program around briefly from a 6-6 team to a team that went 10-1 and in the regular season and lost a, a national championship winning Clemson Tiger team because they got a bad call on an on, on onside kick. So... Much better coordinator than head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think Coach O will find a home. I'm not like, I, he'll he'll get some type of job somewhere. But, yeah, he's just, he's out. He, he's just got to be gone as the head coach after that. It's just, man, yeah, that was bad. And you know what? I feel bad for LSU because Max Johnson is from Oconee County, right right there where me and Chris are from. He went to the other high school in town. So, I mean, that kid's got roots where we got roots, but he's probably actually a pretty good quarterback, but just that whole crap that he's mixed up in there, not looking good for him. So, you know, sympathy his way. But on to the game where we're going to spend at least a decent chunk of this episode. UGA Clemson. It was a great game and really not a great game at the same time. Like, it was kind of boring if you didn't have an interest in it, like me, Chris, or Sam did. I was sweating and a nervous wreck the entire time, but I I totally understand how somebody who's not a fan of either of those teams would be bored watching that game because there was no offense in that game. It was horrendous offense on both sides. It was terrible. Yeah, I will say as someone who's neither a fan of UGA or Clemson, I did really enjoy watching the game. Part of it's definitely because people I love, love both of those, those teams, Chris Mason on the UGA side, my brother Sam Wooten on the Clemson side. But also, like, just watching the sheer athleticism of those defenses, specifically that UGA defense, was very entertaining to me. Dare I say it, that UGA defense was, it was, it, it, it turned me on. It was, it, it, it was sexual how good that defense was. I have no, I have no issue saying that. That defense, that was one of the best defensive performances I have probably ever watched. It was it was insane how good that defense was. And this is what like what made it even better was how good Clemson's defense played. Like Clemson was playing top-tier defense and Georgia's defense was outplaying them. Like both of those defenses just played tremendously and just Georgia's it was it was beautiful. It was a it was poetry in motion watching that defense operate. And I will say Clemson's defense they were fantastic too. It's just, I think that game was a good mixture of amazing defense, but also not very good offense, specifically yeah. on the Clemson side. Specifically so. DJ played awful. Uh, and, and man, the tape sure does show. I actually had the guts, uh, Mason and Chris, to watch the game again on Sunday, the replay on ESPNU. Uh, it hurt even more to watch how bad DJ played the next day after the loss. But I'll give credit that Georgia defense honestly stunned me play after play after play after play uh, with how the defensive line and the linebackers uh, communicated and coordinated all over the field. Hats off to you guys, but I still say go Tigers. I think we're in for the uh, for a really good season. Defense is back, guys. 
uh, for not just in the SEC or in the big teams of the ACC, shout out Clemson, but the looks and the change uh, of defense and the, the mental strategy to the game is very much appreciated. Anybody who watches uh, college football or has been around football enough uh, to appreciate that. You know, this is the game to watch for years and years to come. You know, I've got I've got a few more notes on that game. First one, I'm going to let Chris also chime in on. Uh, as a Georgia fan, I was horrendously uncomfortable, and uh, the entire fourth quarter I was thoroughly expecting Clemson to drive down the field and win the game because that's just how being a Georgia fan goes. Chris, I don't know if you agree with that, but I yeah, was it, not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I've seen too many Hail Marys. I've seen too many uh, walk-off field goals. It's It's got my bones just shaking in the fourth quarter when we when we come down in a close game but uh, we pulled it off I was I was happy with the way that we played um I'm excited to see what uh, Zamir White uh, Zeus does uh, for the rest of the season I think that this was a huge game for him he didn't get a touchdown but the way that he ran the ball was uh, very promising well he was the biggest winner with that Instagram post after that Instagram post was great he yeah he really pounded him but um and I mean hey I'm like I'm happy for Kirby like both as a fan and just as a as a Georgia fan and just like as a looker honor that's not good English but like I don't really know how much you can slap the label on him anymore if he can't win the big one like I get you might still have a somewhat of an argument on it but that is not a game Georgia wins ever in history we don't win a top five matchup against a team that is ranked higher than us we just don't and he did it like not not he specifically but Georgia won that game and we were without like our top three or four pass catchers like I think that heavily contributed to how bad our offense was I don't think we were going to be able to run the ball either way like I that Clemson front four we were not going to be able to run the ball we were only able to run the ball at the very very end of the game when we had wore them down but like George Pickens is out Dominic Blaylock is out Darnell Washington's out. Eric Gilbert's never going to play a game for Georgia because he's just one of those weird recruits that is doing his own thing. Our main pass catcher all night was a true freshman tight end that's never played in a college game before. Like, I I will say, I, I believe that if Georgia was fully loaded at receiver, we would have blown Clemson out because I think we would have been able to open the passing game up, which would have opened the run game up. I, I will say, I do think that, but that Clemson defense, I think, is a top five defense. I don't, I don't see a lot of people especially in the ACC, really being able to contend. I got two points about Clemson. We can move on. Yeah, I think just the last thing to say, uh, looking from both teams, I think the questions that we asked ourselves coming into this game still kind of need to be answered. Uh, Still, uh, from a Clemson perspective, our offensive line and quarterback play has to improve if we're going to win. And and, and Georgia's offensive struggles uh, still say the same. So we'll continue to see uh, from both sides. Uh, just how good these teams are throughout the season. And I'm looking forward to it. Go Tigers. And one thing I, I, you know, I think watching that game, um, DJ, it's like, you know, last year he played the Notre Dame game and – like he killed it he had like 500 yards like he showed out last year but like I kind of think the question needs to be asked like do we just need to forget about those games last year because I think he just showed like I think the pressure got to him I think praying in front of a full stadium got to him he didn't have to do that last year he didn't have to play in front of full stadiums like I just think the question has to be asked like do we just need to treat him as a true freshman this year because like I get George's defense was probably one of the best defensive performances in the past 10 years but with how big he, he's basically Cam Newton and he 
already had game experience, I just feel like that's got to be a question mark for them going forward. Like, he's got to somewhat show what he did last year. I really expected a lot out of him, especially with his performances last year. And I get that, like, yeah, the crowd provides a different atmosphere and it provides a different level of uh, pressure almost. But, I mean, the guy looked great last year. And I think part of what his struggle was and what Clemson's struggle was overall was uh, missing Travis Etienne, really. Yep. I mean, they did not have a running game. I think no what did they game. end up with two yards running. Yep. Um, like, that's that's tough. And to put that all on DJ, uh, I don't think you can do that. I think that they need to try to find a way to establish that run game. But I do agree with what Kirk Herbstreet was saying all night on the broadcast. Why was he not running? Like, Georgia just got to the point where they knew he wasn't going to run, so they would just leave their lanes open and bull rush him because they knew he wasn't going to do anything. I don't know why he wasn't running. He's six foot five and, like, 250 pounds. They probably could have won if he would have just run the ball, honestly. Because they showed some replays where Georgia literally just left everything wide open for him to run. So, I don't know. And then last thing, we'll move on. With how bad the ACC looks, Clemson, I think, is going to have to blow out every single game they play. Unless some teams emerge out of there, I think they're going to have to blow out every single game. Because I think at this point, if you made me say it right now, Alabama Alabama and Georgia are both in. Because it does, I think both of those teams go into the SEC championship game undefeated. I don't think it matters who wins and who loses. I think they're both in the playoff. If Oklahoma and Ohio State are both undefeated, they're the other two spots. So, like, Clemson's going to have to get style points at this at this point. Oh, we're forgetting one of the best SEC performances of the weekend, though. In our last our Sunday game at Notre Dame, Florida State. That's right. And why wasn't Mackenzie Milton starting that whole game? I don't understand. I was, that is the question of the weekend. I I went to bed after when it was thirty eight to twenty. I was like, screw this. I was like, and because I bet on Florida State, I put money on them, and I was like, there. I was like, man, Florida State, typical. Like I'm going to bed. Screw this. Wake up and see that it was a freaking overtime thriller that they probably should have won. They definitely should have won. Why didn't why like you have to make Mackenzie Milton the starter for the after run. when when Notre Dame has 21 points off of turnovers and the coach oh my goodness the coach goes for it you know what on fourth down on on the <laughs> inside their own 30 yard line that is uh, one of the most tragic things that's ever happened and FSU should have taken that game all right here you ready you ready for the real real discussion of this game yep I'm ready coach Kelly withstand Florida State's impressive comeback you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. I mean, it, we just didn't have- Withstand Florida State's impression. There it is, folks. I mean, the execution game. He just butchered that joke. He just butchered. Like I feel like that's the way that I would tell the joke if uh, if I were the head coach and I were trying to be funny after a tough loss. Or uh, it wasn't even a loss; it was a win. Um, well, they gave him an 18 point lead. <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, but they still won. Well, I mean, when you're a top 10 program and you give up an 18-point lead to an unranked team, you're the coach ain't going to be happy. But, I mean, all in all, like, I did not know this when I saw it the next morning, but that is, like, that's an old quote from, like, the guy who used to coach the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they were, like, losing 26 games in a row back in, like, the 70s. Uh, but that guy was probably funny. Yeah, so, the, so the, the original quote was this. All right, Coach McKay, what did you think of your team's execution? 
His response was, I'm in favor of it. Much better perfection of the joke. Yeah, I also think Brian Kelly just pushed it. Like, I don't think there was really the opportunity there. Like, I don't think that window was open. And I feel like he was like, this one's really going to kill guys. Like, I've got a good one. And it just fell flat. Like, when I, like when you watch it, it comes off with, hey, we should murder our kids. Like, just kill them. Yeah. How well, is Brian watching... Kelly going to explain that when he's sitting in someone's living room trying to tell them to trust their son to come to South Bend, Indiana and play for him when he's talking about executing his players. My grandmother's not sending me to play for a murderer, Brian Kelly. Fun fact, he actually has, uh, he actually is technically like kind of killed a kid. I did, I learned this. He, uh, like 10 years ago, there was like a thunderstorm and Notre Dame was practicing and he sent a student up to film them and they said, hey, Coach Kelly, probably shouldn't send him up there to the top of the stadium to film practice because it's lightning. He was like, nah, screw that. It's fine. And he sends the kid up there and he died. That might also might not have been the best joke for him to make. He kind of did secondhand kill a kid on accident, but you know, like all in all, it was just a bad joke. Like he's just not funny. Like, I don't know. I feel like if Nick Saban would have said that, like that, like just how dry Nick Saban is, it would have been a lot funnier. But I just, I don't think there's a lot of coaches that could really pull that off. Brian Kelly's not one of them. I think Coach O could pull that off because Coach O's got the voice and everybody loves Coach O. They don't love him in Baton Rouge right now, but I mean, hey, he's got it. He's got a good personality. People like him. Coach O could pull that off. Um, I don't like, I think Saban could pull it off from a very dry point. Also, just people probably think Saban does kill the kids. So people are probably like, ha ha. Give me Lane Kiffin. Oh yeah, Lane Kiffin could totally do it. Yeah, that's the last game. We'll move on to that. That game was terrible. Ole Miss, Louisville. Um, does Ole Miss have a defense or is Louisville that off? Yes. Yes. I think both Look, of those answers I are was, correct. <laughs> I was with you, Mason. We watched the first quarter and we had to turn it off. It was bad. We were getting so bored with that game. I also bet on that game. I have nothing else to say. How does the over in Louisville Ole Miss not hit? Like, those are just two teams that score points. Like, that is just a no-brainer, shut up and take my money that the over in Louisville Ole Miss is going to hit. What the freaking crap? That's just That that pissed me off. That pissed me off. Really, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from – from this weekend is how unwise Mason has been with his bets. Um, I'm not sure that college football is no, shut <laughs> your ready mouth. for Mason to come back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Shut your mouth. I will give you the stats right now. <laughs> I am after week one against betting against the spread. I am three, two and one because the uh, spread in Minnesota, Ohio state was 14. It ended at a 14 point game. So it was a push. I was three, two and one. I have a winning record right now. My two losses against the spread were, um, who is it? Who is it? They were uh, that, 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 Miami, Alabama. I was wrong on that in Louisiana, Texas. Those were the two games that I got wrong against the spread. I bet money line on UCLA, LSU. I didn't bet UCLA to cover because they were the underdog. I bet them to straight up win. I also bet the money line on Maryland, West Virginia. I bet Maryland to win outright and they did. I got both of my overs wrong for the weekend. I got Boise State UCF wrong, and I got uh, Louisville Ole Miss wrong. If you were in my shoes, why? Like, would you bet the under in UCF Boise or Louisville Ole Miss? No, that's no. Those are teams that score points. So, and we're gonna get my NFL season off tonight against the spread with the Cowboys and Bucks because I nine points in the NFL. I put my money on the Cowboys. Nine points in the NFL is a lot. Also, I mean, just shout out Bowling Green 
because I bet on them to cover like a 37-point spread against Tennessee, and they did. Thank you, Bowling Green, for that one because I never thought I'd care so much about a Tennessee Bowling Green football game, but boy, did I. So what else from the weekend? We kind of have uh, popped around and hit everything. Uh, I mean, yeah, ACC. You know, me, me and Dylan have kind of chimed in. Who do you guys see at the end of the season being the second best team in the ACC? I honestly would say NC State right now. That's a tough question to answer. Uh, honestly, I think it comes down uh, to a couple teams. North Carolina, obviously, is going to be in the conversation just because of the whole Mac Brown situation and Sam Howell. Is he really that good? Is he really not? Uh, I, I really do look for... Uh, for the Wolfpack to, to put up a fight. I don't know. We're, we're going to see how it goes. But, guys, watch out for Wake Forest. I think they may uh, contribute. Obviously, they're not a top-tier team. But I think they fight for a chance uh, to be considered at, at that next level, at least in the ACC. I, I think overall, honestly, a lot of people have been freaking out about the ACC uh, after this weekend. And I think a lot of people are just kind of losing it a little bit more than they should yet. I think really, you know, the three things everybody talks about is Clemson losing to UGA, uh, North Carolina losing at Virginia Tech, and Miami losing to Alabama the way they did. But honestly, of those three games, you know, those are supposed to be the best three teams in the ACC. Really, the only only thing that should be alarming in any of those games is that the way that North Carolina offense looks. I mean, Clemson, their offense obviously didn't get anything going, but at the same time, they lost the game by 7.2. In my opinion, arguably the best team in the nation, definitely the second best team in the nation. And Miami, did anyone really expect them to compete with Alabama? No. So I think people are losing their minds a little bit prematurely on the ACC. No, I mean, I agree. I, no, like Nobody is slamming Clemson for that loss. Like that game that game at the end of the day was a coin flip on who was going to win it. Even before it started, it was a coin flip. Um, I think the big thing with Miami was, was I think Miami, people thought De'Eric King could be a, could be the game changer for Miami. And I think we just learned that he's really not healthy and they rushed him back and that that's just not going to be the case for the season. Um, I don't know. I, I personally just see the ACC cannibalizing itself and them just all beating each other. And then Clemson's going to win it again but is it really going to mean anything? Like like I said earlier, I think Clemson has to blow all of these games out because I think the ACC is going to cannibalize itself. I think I think after Clemson, there's about four teams right there that are all really close. And I think the gap between those four teams and Clemson is not as big as it has been the past four or five years. You know, I'll take, I'll actually say this right now. I will ta- I'll take back my NC State pick. If Florida State goes with McKenzie Milton, I think I think Florida State could be the second best team in the ACC. I really do. They've got all those transfers. And it, this all it's if they play McKenzie Milton for the season. If they don't play McKenzie Milton, screw this take. But if they play McKenzie Milton, I think they could be the second best team because of all the transfers. I think McKenzie Milton's pretty magic and the ghost of Bobby Bowden. <laughs> The ghost of Bobby Bowden. Yeah, but you can't wow. have the you can't have the ghost of Bobby Bowden every game. He gets like one game. Okay, that was his game. That was his game every game. No, no, you, you listen. I agree with Sam. That was his game. He blew it. You get the the legendary <laughs> coach dies. I think you get a little magic in the air. I don't know. I let's just spice it up. I mean, let's. I'm I'm just gonna spice it up. Screw it. Florida State. I'm Florida State's gonna be second best team. I think at this point, it's not overly absurd. I got. I, I'm gonna go with North Carolina. I know that they looked awful this week, but I uh, I really like their colors, and I got faith in Mac Brown. Um, they do have great he's colors. He's a good man. He uh, knows how to coach a football team, and I think that they might just uh, turn this season around after that tough loss. It's a tough stadium, tough tough to play at Lane Stadium, and you know I I heard. I said that. Um, 
don't know how I don't know how credible it is, but I heard that Friday night at the Virginia Tech game, it caused an earthquake in Blacksburg. I'm sure it did. I heard that as well, actually. And also that North Carolina team, they're not as bad as they looked on Friday night. Like, they looked bad. They're not that bad. I um, don't have faith in that I offense. was not surprised at all that they lost the game. Like, I'm pretty sure I said on the podcast last week that don't be as confident as we were with North Carolina going into that game. But I think they're going to get better. I think it looked like Sam Howell was having to force the ball places. Um, but I also think that's a team that really, their entire team has never played in a hostile environment like that before. Because last year being the COVID year, and I would say Lane Stadium is the most hostile place you can play in the ACC. I just go back with them. It's just like, I really don't think that game was more of Virginia Tech. I think it was more of North Carolina's entire offense not knowing what to do. I think Sam Howell was scrambling all night. I just, I, it if they, if they run in, like I said, I don't know their schedule coming up, but if they run into a couple good teams these next couple weeks, I don't, I don't see them coming out of that with, with an undefeated. I just, I just see them having two or three losses because that's how bad their offense looked. But UNC plays Georgia State this week, no, UVA next week, eh. and then Georgia Tech after that. Well, Georgia Tech, yeah, that looked bad. So, yeah, so not very good games. I think UVA could get them. I think UVA could get them. But. Yeah, UVA got them last year, and they also have Florida State coming to Chapel Hill on October the 9th. UVA got Virginia Tech last year, too. Yeah, I don't but know. I'm I thinking just... North Carolina's probably, these next three games is Georgia State, Virginia, and Georgia Tech. Really next four games because they have Duke after Georgia Tech with UVA and Duke being at home. I think they're probably going to work out their issues before they get to the tougher part of their schedule where they're running into Florida State, Miami. Miami, Notre Dame, back-to-back in October. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they'll beat UVA. I'll just say right now, I don't think they'll beat them. I think, I think they'll win the other three games, but I don't think they're beating UVA. All right, let's take... Wait, can I, can I give my it. clear number two? Go for it. My clear number two, it's pretty obvious. Virginia, it's Virginia Tech. Tech. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I thought about it. I thought about it. All right, let's wrap up. Uh, let's take about five minutes, go over week two. And then let's take about five minutes. Let's do a quick NFL hit since season starts tonight. All right. I'm just going to run through these games. Uh, Y'all tell me who you think is going to win. And then if you got anything you're really looking out for in this game, hit me up with it. Oregon, Ohio State. Sam, who you got? Uh, I'm taking Ohio State with a 20-point favorite. 20 points, Ohio State. Ooh, all righty. Okay, okay, Dylan. Yeah, I think this is an easy pick, Ohio State. Christopher? Yeah, I got Ohio State, easy. I'm going to go 25-point win. Zachary? I don't know what you guys are on. I think <laughs> this is the, – the spread's 14 and a half. I don't, I don't see Ohio State. They weren't like they didn't surprise me in their opener. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna win, but I don't, I don't see them covering fourteen and a half. Yes, I Thank see you, them Zach. closer than that. Thank you, Zach. I fully agree with Zach. No, there. I am, I am putting money on Oregon to cover that fourteen and a half point spread. Ohio State's defense just did not look good against Minnesota. I said it. If that running back Muhammad Ibrahim or whatever his name is, if he doesn't get hurt, I think Minnesota might win that game. I think Ohio State wins the game, but they're not covering. It ain't going to be a 20, 25-point blowout. It might, I, I think it could be less than 10 points that they win by. Next, I think this is the best game of the week, Iowa-Iowa State. Uh, Sam. Ooh, this is a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to take – crap, who's playing at home? I'm just going to have to go with the home team because uh, – and as soon as you come to me, my it's ESPN goes down. It's and Iowa State's at home. Iowa State, I think, I think pulls it out. They have a, a four-and-a-half-point favorite on ESPN right now. 
uh, from from the spread. So I, I don't know. I think it's a touchdown game, close game. Iowa State. Dylan, I'm taking Iowa State by a game-ending walk-off field goal. Chris, I got Iowa. The way that they absolutely rocked Indiana last week, I'd love to see the Hawkeyes. I, I y'all are thinking it's gonna be close, but I think it's gonna be another blowout. I think maybe a 14-point game. 14-point win, Iowa. Zach? I'm going Iowa, but I don't... I'm not going, like, 14 points. I'm going, like, uh, Iowa will win probably by, like, a field goal. Yeah, uh, I actually think Iowa State's going to win. Part of that's because Iowa had, like, two or three pick sixes against Indiana. That's just not sustainable. So, I just... I got to... I gotta go Iowa State with it being at home. I'm gonna go with Iowa State. Next game, this was this was not like super super interesting, uh, but it's an old rivalry that they're replaying, so you never know there could be some juice in it. Texas Arkansas, Sam. Uh, I think Texas goes by ten, but I think it's gonna be a little more back and forth. It's gonna be in the thirties, maybe low forties. Texas, Dylan. Give me Texas. Uh, I beat Mike Crow for talking crap about Texas last week. And I just think Max McConaughey is one of the greatest men of all time. So, hook him horns. Mm, I don't know hook him, but uh, I agree about McConaughey. Chris? Yeah, I'll go with hook him horns again. Uh, I, I think I was part of the crew that was wrong of them last week. But who knows? Sark's maybe got something good going on down there. Go horns. Zach? Yeah, Texas is going to win. Yeah, they'll win by at least seven. Seven or more. Yeah, I agree. I think Texas is going to win, but I think Arkansas can actually keep it close. I think they can keep it close for like at least three quarters, but I think at the end, Texas will take it. Last game. This game is not sexy on paper. It actually, I think, will be a good game, and we've also got an interest on this podcast, NC State, Mississippi State. Uh, Sam, who you got? This is really, really tough, but I, th- I think I'm going to go NC State by a field goal. All right. Dylan? See, this is really tough for me because I my gut is telling me NC State by 10 because Mississippi State did not look good Mm-mm. last week. But there's this thing, infamous to NC State fans, known as NC State stuff, except for it's, they don't say stuff. There's also a chance that NC State's going to lose on like a walk-off field goal. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my faith in the Wolfpack, NC State by 10. All right, Chris? Yeah, I don't have much on this one, but I, I'm going to go with the crowd. I think NC State might get it done. Um, I'd say a field goal, though. Zach? They say NC State is a one-point favorite. I think NC State's going to win by like 10. Uh, Mississippi State doesn't look good on paper, at least. So I'm thinking NC State by a couple. Yeah, this is a weird game. Like, the line is so close. It's just like... I, I don't really know. I mean, it's at Mississippi State, but, you know, I, I, I got to go with I think NC State's going to win. NC State looked better. I think NC State probably played a worse opponent week one, but they did beat them 45 to nothing where Mississippi State won 35 to 34 against Louisiana Tech. So it's just one of those things. I, I think NC State, but it really wouldn't shock me if Mississippi State won, but I'm going to go NC State. All right. I want to do a quick hit on NFL. We can dive more deep into the NFL maybe next week. Uh, but really, I just want to go with who you got tonight, Bucks, Cowboys. That game literally just started a few minutes ago. And then give me your Score is still 0-0 zero to zero in that game. Thank you, Christopher. Give me your Super Bowl matchup and give me your Super Bowl winner because we're going to go hot takes. Someone's going to write this down. I'm going to designate Chris to write down our takes, and then at the end of the year we'll come back and look at them. Yeah, that's right, Chris. I put you on the spot. Sam, go. Who's winning tonight? Super Bowl matchup, Super Bowl winner. Oh, man. Who's winning tonight? I'm going to have to take the Bucks. Uh, the man Tom Brady is just too good. Cowboys are trash. I just, mm, man, we'll just see. You know I what? would love You know what? I'm going to change this. That's what you got to say. I'm going to change this assignment because I think we're all going to pick the Bucks to win. The spread is nine points. 
who's covering the spread? Because we're all going to pick the Bucks to win. So who's covering the spread? Go. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I think I still have to go with the Bucks. All right. Super Bowl? Super Bowl. I would love to see a NFC Championship matchup with the Bucks and my Green Bay Packers. But I'm not I'm honestly not sure who the a, uh, AFC has to offer. In Super Bowl, I'm not really sure. Go Packers, though. All right. So you're not even going to give it. You're, so you're saying the Packers are going to win. But you're, you're saying the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. But you can't even give us a team that they're going to match up against? I did. I didn't realize we were doing this today, boys. I'm so sorry. I mean, this isn't that hard of an assignment. Patrick Mahomes is in the AFC. Like, if you can't even pick anybody, just pick. Yeah, yeah, but Patrick Mahomes is a little overrated. No, no, let me take that back. Patrick Mahomes is not overrated. Uh, The Chiefs, the Chiefs, I don't think they can get it done. I don't think they're going to make it. All right, so we've got Packers, and uh, he just has the Packers winning, so you failed this assignment, Dylan. Yeah, so I think the Bucks win tonight. I think the Cowboys actually uh, cover the spread. That being said, Super Bowl, I'm I'm going with a rematch of last year. Give me Bucks Chiefs again. This time the Chiefs are coming out on top. Little revenge game. Yeah, go Chiefs. All right, I like it. I like it, Chris. I'm gonna go tonight. I think that the Cowboys will cover the spread. I'm gonna go with the Bills coming out of the AFC. I really like them. Um, I hope that they they make Boy. a deep run. Um, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Oh. And out of the NFC, I don't know. I mean, I could go with Tampa Bay, but I think, I don't know if Tom's going to get it done like he did last year. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say the Packers. I think it. Just pick a team. Season. Shut up. I think it's <laughs> Don't pull a Sam. All right, Zach. Tonight, um, Bucks. Oh, wait, I didn't pick my winner. You didn't? No. Oh, I'm a lord. Bills. All right. Bills Super Bowl Ooh. winner. I like it. I like it. Zach? Uh, so, tonight, Bucks are going to win. I don't think they'll get more than nine, though, on the Cowboys. Super Bowl. I'll go with, it's either Bucks or Packers, but I'd say probably Bucks. And then AFC. I like Bills. I like the Bills. You got one in the Super Bowl? Bucks. Bucks. All right. Bucks are going to win tonight. Cowboys are going to cover the spread. Super Bowl. I agree with both Zach and Chris. I like Buffalo this year. I think this is going to be the year they break through. But I think they're going to play the Rams. Really? Maddie Stafford. Yep. I, I like Stafford coming in. Yeah, I, just, I like Stafford coming in there. Um, I think he's just a better quarterback than Jared Goff is. I think it's just going to elevate him. Uh, only question for, question mark for them is their running game, but I think they can figure it out. But I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl over the Rams. I like that. I, uh, I, I I do like the Stafford pickup. And, you know, they got he's not going to be their uh, first starter, but they got Sony Michelle in there with them now, and he uh, yeah, maybe has he a can, chance uh, to elevate his run game. Yeah, maybe he can kind of rejuvenate his career out there in L.A. But all right, cool. That was a so clarification was uh, you had Bills as your Super Bowl winner or Rams? Bills, Rams, uh, Bills winning. All right. So here's what I got. Sam, we have you said the Bucks or the Packers, but you think the Packers uh, versus an unknown team Um, and the Packers win. Yes. Uh, Dylan, I've got Bucks versus Chiefs, Chiefs winning. Uh, Zach, I've got Bucks versus Bills with the Bucks winning. Uh, for myself, I've got the Packers versus Bills uh, with the Bills winning. And then Mason, I've got the Rams against the Bills with the Bills winning. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, boys. Basically, what Sam is saying is that Bishop Sycamore is coming out of the AFC. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. You heard it here first, folks. Gosh, couldn't even say that right. Oh, we forgive you. (laughs) Well, boys, I think this is a good wrapping up point. We can hit some more NFL maybe on another episode, but I will talk to you all later. And all you viewers, you will hear from us later. Everybody have a good night. God bless. Bye.